Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. For this episode, we have a special treat for you. Usually, we have a conversation about fresh ministry ideas and innovative approaches, but today is different. I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Vice President for Ministry Partnerships at Sat7 USA. As I mentioned, this is a special episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Our family has lived internationally for most of our 46 years of ministry. We've lived in France, then we lived in Mali and Ivory Coast in West Africa, and of course now we're in the USA. So I've invited my family to join me to reminisce about some of our family Christmas traditions we've had over the years, and uh, many of them still continue today. So I want to welcome my wife, Cindy. Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast and this special episode. Thank you, Dennis. It's good to be here, and it's really fun to be able to do this as a family. I want to welcome my daughters uh, to the podcast, Brooke uh, Weens. Welcome. She's an elementary ELL teacher in public school. And you'll recall, if you're a regular listener of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, we did an amazing conversation about TCK. Three of the four in this conversation are actually TCKs, third culture kids. And so, Brooke, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thanks, Dad. It's good to be here. And I want to welcome my other daughter, Brendan Weens, also a TCK. She was born in Africa and now works at Echo Ranch Bible Camp. Uh, she's the administrator of Echo Ranch there in Juneau, Alaska. And uh, we did a podcast together not too long ago, Echoing God's Glory, Where Faith and Fun Collide. Brendan, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Hey, thank you. I love traditions. I'm sure many of you have Christmas traditions as well. Please share those in comments. Uh, We'd like to know about some of your traditions as well. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with others that might enjoy hearing about what our family does, and uh, they can learn and connect with us. And so uh, it's great to have Christmas traditions. So Cindy, as we think about our over 20 years in Africa and in ministry, What comes to mind as we celebrate Christmas this year? What are some of our traditions? Yeah, and thinking back on our traditions, I was thinking about the fact that we always hang Christmas stockings and we always open them on Christmas morning. We open our regular gifts to each other Christmas Eve, but our Christmas stockings we save for Christmas morning. And our first Christmas in the U.S., I made stockings for each of us and took them back to Africa. And I have to say, as the years went on, they got dustier and dustier (laughs) and sort of lost their color, but we, we still enjoyed them as a tradition in our family. Hey, do you guys remember when we would set the table, we'd always flip the cups and plates upside down because it was so dusty? Yeah, it was It was pretty crazy how much dust would collect on the plates if we didn't do that. So and, that was something we always had to watch. And the harmaton dust was always a part of Christmas celebrations, but that was more in the January time. In uh, After harvest... Uh, what would they do? You remember what they did in, after harvest and burning off the fields? Yeah, they'd burn the fields off and then the soot would fly through the air. And we'd always, and that was the only thing that would fall from the sky, really, that looked reminiscently close to snow. So sadly, you couldn't make a snowman out of it, though. No, mm, no. But <laughs> no. we still loved having it. It was, it just sort of told us that it signaled that Christmas was coming. And for the Africans there, it was uh, actually pretty cold. Uh, it would get down to 70 degrees, 60 degrees, and in that uh, climate and culture, 
uh, that was pretty cold and you know living in in uh, buildings that didn't have heat we would wear long sleeves and it was pretty cold for our acclimation to the heat of west africa Another tradition that we did every year, too, was we would put up a Christmas tree, but it was my job um, to get out the Christmas tree from the storage room and dust it off. And in order to do that, we would have to set it up and I would get the hose out and hose it down first. That was like a whole day process because then it would have to dry before you could bring it in the house. So we did that every year. I always thought it was funny that people went to the grocery store or tree tree uh, lot or out in the middle of nowhere to cut down a tree when they could just go to a barrel. That's <laughs> true. That's amazing. I grew up as a missionary kid in Africa. So in the early days uh, growing up, we didn't have the Christmas tree. We'd go out and cut a branch and then uh, paint it uh, white or we would uh, decorate it with things that we could find locally there. So... We didn't have Christmas trees in the early days. I think you even told me that um, you would take the branch and wrap tinfoil around it. I think we did. To make one of those beautiful silver trees. And in the early, early days when I was growing up, I remember that uh, we would get mail once a week and the bus would come where we lived and just uh, throw out a bag of mail. And uh, we would always run out to meet the bus and get the bag. And sometime around Christmas, it'd be so heavy, it'd be hard to carry or take several of us to carry the bag because there'd be so many letters and packages uh, in those early days. Sounds fun. We always loved getting Christmas cards, too, in Mali. Now, I have to say, a lot of them didn't arrive right at Christmas, but we enjoyed them really no matter when they came. I think part of Christmas celebration is also the cooking that we're involved in as a family. Yeah, one of the best memories I have um, growing up was we would always um, make Christmas cookies. We would make, actually, they weren't Christmas cookies, but we would make peanut butter cookies for the local radio station. And then several different child evangelism uh, clubs would be invited to the station for their celebration and their Christmas party. And then we would deliver those cookies to the station. And it was just really fun. Sweet treats were a really novel thing. And so the kids just loved it. And we cranked out huh, dozens and dozens. It felt like hundreds and hundreds at the time. I don't know how many dozens of cookies we made, but we made a lot of peanut butter cookies, and I don't know if I've made any since. <laughs> and what are some of the other things we baked at Christmas? Oh, we always do cut out sugar cookies. And another tradition is we always hide a few in the freezer so Dad can find them in January or February or July. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's and be real. They never last until July. Right. And we always have, because uh, of our cultural heritage of being Mennonite, we always do pepper nuts. Right. Pepper nuts is a big thing in our family. Um I think it was a, a German tradition. And so our family, when I was growing up, we always made peppernuts and we've continued to do that. So usually I mix up the dough, the girls and I roll them and cut them. And Dennis is the baker. He usually makes sure that they get baked to perfection and puts them on the trays. I know when you think of Christmas celebration in Africa, one thing that comes to mind is the gatherings, the churches gather mm. and churches in the close proximity to each other would get together for uh, celebrations and it doesn't last just an hour or two it lasts days and they have an all-night sing and they sing through the hymn book and there's preaching and there's prayer times and of course after we got the Jesus film in the local language and in French uh, every Christmas involves showing the Jesus film uh, to these different groups so my memory of Christmas is the church gatherings and the incredible celebration as believers came together. 
Right. That was always a really special time. Uh, We looked forward to that as a family to join in on all the celebrations over at the church. Um, We made sure we did our traditions either before or after, but that also was a great tradition for us to join in as a family. When we lived out in Bougainy, we would go to the all-night sings, and I remember being so excited that I got to skip bedtime, stay up really late. Yeah, and I think our version of an all-nighter was like 11 Mm o'clock, but we thought we were staying up all night, and it was great. We loved it. They actually did sing all night, and they they sang through all the hymn books that they have. And in the early years, they had mostly translated uh, songs, Christmas songs. But then as the church grew and developed, uh, they would write their own Christmas songs, their own hymnology, which was really great. And so there was multiple hymn books in the last few years that we were out there. One of my favorite memories of Christmas morning was going to church and seeing all the new cloth, because all the ladies would have new Christmas cloth and get fancy dresses made, and they were all so beautiful. And that cloth tradition continues, and we just talked on Zoom to some of the church leaders uh, yesterday, and they have cloth again this year. And so it's a major tradition of the women in the church ordered cloth, and then everybody buys and wears this cloth, and they make outfits out of it. So it's a pretty amazing tradition of the Molly Church around Christmas. And we're still hearing that they're they're enjoying their all-night sings and having their special Christmas Day celebration. And I guess on Christmas Day this year, all the different tribes are going to sing uh, a certain song all in their own language, but all together. And they said that was going to be symbolic of the fact that we are one in Christ and there's not this separation of tribes, but they're all going to be one. I thought that was just really beautiful. So back to reminiscing about our family traditions, what what does our Christmas Eve evening look like? Well, Christmas Eve, we usually attend our church service and then we come home And through the years, we started a tradition when we lived in France already that we would make cheese fondue. And let me tell you, that wasn't always an easy feat trying to find the right cheese to make our cheese fondue when we lived in Africa, but we usually always did. And and that was a great time together. Um, Then, um, as we got a little older now, um, some have become gluten-free and dairy-free, and so... Uh, doing cheese fondue hasn't worked so well. So we sort of pivoted and we realized that, you know, some traditions have run their course and we can um, change them. And we pivoted and we've been doing a charcuterie board now when we get home from our Christmas Eve service. And so we always enjoy doing that together. Something else we do is we open our Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve, and before we do that, we have a time of prayer as a family, and then we also listen to the Christmas story, and we will listen to it in English, and then sometimes we'll listen to it in a different language, either in Bambara or French, or we'll also listen to it um, with one of the Bible translations in English, but also the, the narrator has an accent of some sort. So that to us is just something that's really special as a family. We value different cultures and ethnicities and languages, and we believe and know that all ethnicities and people groups will be um, in heaven. And so we like to honor kind of that heritage and the people groups that we've worked with by listening to that those languages and the Christmas story um, on Christmas Eve together. Another thing that I grew up with as a tradition was we would always decide 
on a special project and we would give a Christmas gift to Jesus. And that was always special because dad would put up the nativity scene and then we would have a basket by it. And um, Christmas morning, we would come and we would all put our offerings in and then decide where that money was going to go that year. And I know a couple years, our family was the recipient of getting that. Uh, One year, that gift actually brought water to our house so that we could have running water in our house. I think one year it was electricity in our house, but we would always pick something different. And uh, I know through the years, our own family, we've we've bought a goat for someone. We've we've done some scholarships for students at Reed Bible Institute where we used to teach. And so that continues to be a very special part of our Christmas traditions. Something else that's a tradition and has gone back to to our childhood is mom used to make us Christmas jammies every year out of cloth from the market and sometimes from the Christmas cloth. And while she no longer sews us Christmas jammies anymore, thank goodness, sorry, mom. Um, she, we do still buy Christmas jammies. We are trying to convince my father to participate in this Christmas jammy tradition, but, um, so far, we've been unsuccessful. It happened one year, but uh, they, they can celebrate <laughs> with their special pajamas. So what else comes to mind when you reminisce about our Christmas? We also have gotten ornaments through the years um, as, a, as a tradition. And so each year, we um, get an ornament for our own tree. The idea was so that we would get them for our own tree. But what we've found is that we enjoy keeping them on mom and dad's tree so that every year when we come home, we um, can reminisce as we put them up on the tree at home. And so we um, have really loved getting those ornaments. What is your favorite ornament on the tree, Brendan? One year we made a homemade stocking for our beloved dog, Czar. He was a German shepherd, faithful garter. And uh, we have this beautiful stocking just reminding us of our loyal German shepherd. And the Christmas ornament that they we would each give to each other would represent some big event. The Christmas ornament that we usually gave to each other at Christmas represented some major event during that year. So now we have so many of those ornaments, uh, it really can't put them all on one tree, right? Right. But it is always fun every year to get them out. And we always talk about how that affected us that year. One of the things that I love when we get the ornaments out is looking at the ornaments that our cousins sent us. I think sometimes when you live overseas, there can be a tendency to be disconnected and unengaged from your extended family who live uh, halfway around the world. But our families did a really great job of staying connected to us and would send us ornaments or would send ornaments with us so that we could open them at Christmas. And so just to be able to know that our cousins were thinking about us and, um, loved us enough to send a little token of something that was a snowman that was a completely foreign concept to us. But, you know, we can look at it now and say, oh, look, this is the ornament that our cousin JD gave us in Wichita when we were 10 and we were halfway around the world. You know, that that meant a lot and means a lot to know that we were not forgotten halfway across the world. And it, it speaks a lot to the importance of families staying connected no matter where you are in the world. 
Yes, I remember one Christmas, we got a little package before Christmas from my sister Faith and her family, and it was a little package of ornaments. They were little snowmen, kind of jeweled snowmen, and with string, and they just turned out so cute, and we still have those, and they go on the tree every year, so... That, that's a special reminder of, of their love. So, Do you guys remember that team that came out and brought us Gingerbread House and we put it together and there was more candy on our table than I had ever seen that's in my right. entire life? Of course, these uh, traditions that we're talking about happened when we lived in Mali and that was before the days of social media and Facebook and some of the other apps. And so when you think about a Christmas gift, it was mailed early or sometimes we'd get it mid-year. And we were in Mali, and I think a lot of the packages and special cards that came went to Malawi or went to Maui, but we were in Mali in West Africa. So we never did get some of them, I think. But uh, again, uh, it was before the days of social media that have really changed all of our lives as we communicate in a very different way now. Growing up, I also always loved waking up Christmas morning and, of course, opening stockings. But also, Mom would always make homemade cinnamon rolls, Mm. and they were so delicious. And I know they took a lot of work because they were homemade. Yeah, that was always fun. That was a tradition. And uh, we still do that off and on, but maybe not quite so much anymore. But it's a great memory, for sure. Well, these are some of our memories as we think back over our Christmas, and I'm sure each of you have uh, family traditions at Christmas, and we'd encourage you to share them in comments and uh, share this podcast with others that would enjoy hearing about our Christmas traditions. Again, thank you for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thanks so much for having us, and thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you again for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Mm